It's the VNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. We're running behind this morning. We got to hand over the studio right away. So we're going to we're gonna make this real quick and dive right into the podcast. How's that sound? It sounds good. Let's try to contact clip of the show. Eggs used to be called cackle farts. <laughs> Did you know this? You're... You're I'm dang, not. You're dang, uh, you're uh, nope. us here. So, VNS in 20 minutes or less. Beckler, can I admit something to you? Mm hmm. The number of reusable bags I have is out of hand. <laughs> like, to the point where I've, the odd time, used them as garbage bags because I'm just, I have so many of them. And I'm like, well, I don't need another one. Might as well use this to toss out other garbage. And how many times have you remembered to bring them with you to the grocery store? <laughs> Approximately zero. Yeah, I think I did once and I was just thrilled with myself. I was Honestly, like, look at me showing up with my reusable bags. That's, you're right, actually. I've done it a couple <laughs> of times, but that's about it. And it was just recently and it's because I'm biking and I'm like, I can't use a plastic bag to bike home. So I right. need a bag to put on my back. And that honestly has been it. And then every other every other time I'm I've in line purchased. at the grocery store and I'm like, oh yep. crap, <laughs> not like, again. The grocery stores, <laughs> if if we're not the odd ones out, and other people are like us, because I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe everybody else always brings their reusable no, bags. I think probably a lot of people are just like us. The grocery stores have got to be making an absolute killing on those reusable bags. <laughs> no kidding, because I buy them every every time. single time. Like I use them like I would a plastic bag. I hope they are better for the environment, though, right? Like because they're gonna land up in the in the landfill, you know, just like the plastic bags are. So I I don't know. Are they? Well, are they're they not plastic. They're more robust, though. Yes, but I'm hoping because they're not plastic that they're better for the environment. I don't know. I, I don't if know not, either. I feel awful. I don't know what the manufacturing process is like for those things. The idea isn't that they're one and done, right? No. But that's how we're. That's sure how we're treating them. I hate. I know. And not even by choice. I feel bad. I honestly do feel bad for it, but there's just something in my brain that makes it where I just don't ever remember my reusable bags. So I'm constantly buying new ones. I have this stack now. Like I have a giant ass bag of reusable bags and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with these anymore. I've heard that the best thing you can do is when you unload your groceries to, to, to put those bags like back on the door truck. handle or right. in your vehicle. Even then, I mean, you'll, you'll get into the grocery store and you'll forget. I right? know. It's, yeah. it's, I hate. I was thinking that what I maybe should do is stand outside the grocery stores that have the reusable bags <laughs> and resell them for cheaper than the stores just to make them so they're reusable, right? Hey, like, hey did you forget your reusable bags? I bet you did. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I did. Well, they're charging a premium there at 35 cents, 25 out here, okay? V and S in 20 minutes or less. Good friend of mine, God bless her. Uh, she posted the other day that her her sister is now doing astrological readings. Oh. And I don't know if my friend is into that stuff personally or if she's just being supportive of her sister mm-hmm. in her new venture. But the, the post said that she was excited for her sister because she's worked so hard on this. And I was like, mm, but how? Does she study you know, study the star? Like, or? well... Where do you where do you go for that? Is is that is that a four year degree or is that uh, is that a two year diploma? Is How there a, that... like a horoscope course too? Can <laughs> you like? I'm sure there is. I'm okay. sure there's someone taking money to teach you how to read horoscopes. Hmm. I just don't know where or how. Or how you how, how do you get certified to could I do that or? to be an astrologer? I I I believe you. Could. In fact, you know what, Shauna? I was going to take this opportunity to announce that I too. We'll now be doing astrological readings. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm also in that game. Cool. Um, what, what's Would your, you like to do mine your, now? Yeah, let's do it. What's your sign? Aries. Aries. Yep. Hmm. Hang on a second. I got a really, 
really hone in on the energies here and the the vibes, know, celestial what th- things going on up there and um, stars. Yeah, I think mm. I see some some back pain in the next twelve months. Some minor back pain for you. Okay. Um, Mm. You know, being in your mid thirties, I'm predicting a bit of back pain. Right. Uh, I also think that at some point in that period too, your car is going to need a little bit of work, mm. like an oil change. I don't. I. I just. I just. I'm just telling you what I'm getting from the stars. Uh, you are so you bang can, on so far. You can like interpret I'm, it. You're going to have a bit of back pain. Your car is going to need some work. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to come into a, some money just out of nowhere. There's oh. gonna, you're going to have a. It's exciting. A, a slight or perhaps substantial windfall of cash. You're gonna. Mm-hmm. There's just gonna be some money that you like weren't a, expecting. A, a paycheck, or well, you're expecting that. It's gonna be something unexpected. Oh, good. So, okay. uh, these are. So I'm back excited pain, about that. Back pain. Some not car, excited about that. Vehicle maintenance. Okay. Um, and also some some cash at some point. This is creepy. That's I'm, what the stars are telling me. Wow, this is very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Have you seen the new Dreamworld flavored Coke in stores? I have. I haven't tried it yet, but I have seen it. So it's flavored Dreamworld. Okay, <laughs> it's the, that's the new flavor. What in the hell does Dreamworld taste like? Like what? What are we going for here? Good question. Didn't they also have one a while back called Starlight or something? Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, I think there was like a Starlight flavored. I think the hippies got into the Coca-Cola bottling plant. That's what sounds like here. <laughs> they broke in and they're just running. You running know what's going to be next? There. You know how they used to have the names? Like you could get your own name yeah, Coke that's bottle. Right. Remember yeah. that? Well, next is going to be your astrological symbols oh. as well. So you can go and pick up. Oh, I'm an Aries. I'm going to get the Aries Coke. Oh, you can't have this one. You're a Leo. That's totally what's good. <laughs> but seriously, I saw that. And I'm like, what on earth is like? What is what is your dreams taste like, Becker? What's your what's your dream what gonna taste stars like? Stars taste like the starlight one was like a little vanilla y. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. I wonder what this one tastes like. I'm, maybe this is the point, right? Is that they're like you know nothing about this flavor, <laughs> so you're gonna buy it just to try it. Aren't your you? mind fills in the blanks. Yes. Yeah. You're like, what in the hell? I just was like, this is stupid. Dream world. You're right, though. The hippies have taken over. They're, they're in there. They're going, they're going for Dreamworld. I do they're like the making, color of it. They're not making Fruitopia anymore. They're making Dreamworld Coca-Cola. Oh, and, yeah. That's where yeah. the Fruitopia employees went. Yeah. They got they're lost and ended up in the... Slowly infiltrating Coke. <laughs> oh, man. It's yeah. just very... I was just you trying you, to think... You like the color of it? The color is great. Yeah. The color... Uh, I like that. I want to buy it just based on that. But I was like, what would my dreams actually taste like? Like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't even recall taste being a prominent sense in dreams. No, no. Apparently, some people do taste in dreams. Really? I don't know if everybody does. However, yeah, the bottle is cool. It's a nice blue. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a- the hippies have decorated it nicely for me. But again, one. I was trying to think of what my dream would taste like. Like what my favorite things would be. I suppose. I don't know. Mine's. If it's the smell would be a bakery. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Freshly yeah. baked cookies in particular. Yeah, can't beat a bakery. There's a few things. Freshly baked cookies, coconut, okay? Mm, okay. Uh, cinnamon, because it smells like Christmas, or that mixture of like cinnamon piney Christmas smell. That's what your dreams smell and, like? And a bonfire. This is what I'd go mm. for. This is what my dream world would be, but... that would I don't know if you'd want to put that all into a bottle of Coke and taste that. No, that would be weird. Hence the problem. Pine needles. What do your dreams taste it's super like? Super weird. I know. I, I don't even want to buy it now because I don't want to. I don't want to give it to them. No, I don't nope. think you have a choice. I'm not so. giving it. DNS in 20 minutes or less. We actually haven't talked about this in the show yet, but I'm sure you've heard the term "quiet quitting." Yes, it's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and on the off chance you haven't heard that term, quiet quitting refers to when an employee doesn't actually quit their job, but just kind of stops trying quite as hard. Yeah, it doesn't do anything above the absolute bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Like, this is this is my job description. That's all I'm doing. I'm yeah. Quietly, quietly It's almost quitting. like work to rule. It kind of reminds me of work to mm-hmm. rule. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. Well, there was a great column last week, um, and it was in several different newspapers. I read it in the Ottawa Citizen. It was by a dude named Matthew McDonald, and that was in the title. He said, quiet quitting is really just work to rule, because he was arguing that... I'll just read you the first two paragraphs, because I thought this was really good, but he said... If quiet quitting is a thing, so is quiet firing. For example, if doing only what you're paid to do is quiet quitting, then giving loyal employees raises that barely account for inflation is quiet firing. If employees want workers to go above and beyond, they must do the same, which means paying more and being more flexible. If employees want, employers want workers to do the bare minimum, they have to make sure pay stays in line with inflation. Otherwise, their workers are working for less each year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of sums it up right there, doesn't it? That's it's an interesting point. Yeah. Absolutely true, right? Yep. And I mean, this is going to vary drastically from employer to employer, right? But I mean, how many employees over the last few years have been asked to pick up the slack and they did just that and now everything costs way more mm-hmm. and they're making the same? Yeah. Which really, that I mean, that's, that's essentially a pay cut, isn't it? Totally. The number may not have gone down, but what you can buy with your wage has gone down. Yeah. So you're working the same or harder for less buying power. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a conversation that I think needs to be had, right? Yeah. Between employers and employees. I find both a bit strange because it's like, rather than quietly doing this, first you should have the discussion, right? Like, <laughs> rather than just quietly being like, well, I'm mad, so I'm going to just not go above and beyond it's like well i hope at first we would uh, talk to our employer and say hey this is how i'm feeling rather than just everyone secretly and quietly doing this or that like mm, i'm gonna i'm gonna pay you less and make you do more <laughs> i feel like i've been quietly fired so i'm gonna quietly quit right like, like this is a, it's not a good di- way of doing it it's a tough discussion to have though yeah to, absolutely to, like, march into your boss's office and say i want more money yes like, but if they don't really know how you feel, then they can't remedy the situation. So this is the fear I have with this yeah. whole thing is like, oh, so we're all going to just quietly <laughs> go against each other now, right? I mean, like, they can probably guess. Inflation has hit everybody. Mm-hmm. Top to bottom, we're all paying more. So this is fair. If you're making the same as you were three years ago, you have essentially been quietly fired. Right. You? But if the company is hardly staying afloat, and so that's the reason that you haven't had a raise yet, yeah. then, you know, and again, that's something that when you communicate, you can discuss, right? Like, that, that's, I, I th- that's why I said I think it's going to vary drastically from, totally. from employer to employer because, yeah, there are some places that are barely staying afloat. It's like there is no extra money, right? Like this yeah. is lucky we still have a job here. And then there are businesses that are making tons of money and mm-hmm. haven't given raises to their employees. And that's greasy. That is super greasy. Yes. But again, I have a fear of like just pitting employers and employees against each other with this whole thing, right? Like, which isn't a good way to go about things. Yeah. And I'm never like firmly in the employee's camp or firmly in the, the employer's camp. Like I said, I think it really depends. Yes. There are good companies and there are bad companies. Yeah. And if your company's making tons of money and you haven't had a raise in three years, well, the cost of everything has gone up. Oh, you might be working for a bad company. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, at first, have the conversation. And then if that doesn't happen, feel free to quiet quit. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. As kids go back to school, I was thinking about this. If there was one piece of honest advice you could give kids regarding school, what would it be? 
Oh, that's Put tough. Put me on the spot here. Are you ever? Uh, that's tough. How old are the kids that I'm speaking to? Yeah, uh, well, that's the question. Are they kindergartners or are they graduating? I was thinking, let's say high school. Heading high into school? high school. Yeah. Hmm. Can I think on this for a second? For sure Do you, you have can. a piece of advice? Uh, the one that I was thinking um, is just get to get involved. To either yep. join clubs or sports teams or something because uh, school can be a well, you're in for a long time. So the more you're doing of that kind of thing, I think it gets you more engaged in school. If you don't do any of that stuff, I feel like school just kind of feels even longer. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I mean, they hammered that home to us when we go into high school, like get involved, get involved, mm-hmm. join a club, join a sport, do something. Good. Okay. Because, yeah, that's Make one the thing. Make most of your experience here. I had a couple friends, even my sister, who didn't do much Outside mm-hmm. of just attending school, and she really didn't have a great time in high school. Whereas I was involved in a bunch of stuff, and I had a really great time because you just kind of expand your friend group, and you've got a lot of stuff going around that kind of makes school a more well-rounded experience rather than just being in a classroom. Yeah, right. You got to put yourself out there a bit, right? Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't always go well for everybody. No, but, I mean, no. and often in, in many cases, it's kind of what you make it, isn't it? Totally. And I, I know there's actually a lot of clubs too that maybe aren't as well advertised as others because there's all kinds of clubs like in our high school we like there was chess club and math club Mm -hmm. and you know that's kind of stuff if you didn't look into it a little more you maybe didn't even know it existed right but let's say you're not a big sports person there's probably something that you uh can do that your school has organized that you can get in with so especially if you go to a big school Mm -hmm. right there's probably there's someone i think i always think there's someone for everybody at a big school right you'll find your your place yeah i don't and that, like, yeah, I think putting yourself out there is a big one. But I would say in the same vein, like, if high school, whether it goes well for you or not, it's it's a pretty short period of your life, right? Mm-hmm. It's, what, three years in Calgary? So, like, it's when you're in it, it seems like just the most important thing in the world. Like, you know, who's friends with who and who's dating and what's going on. This It seems like the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And then, like, I'm now... 15 years out of high school and like you barely remember it right it's totally. like i know I've, I've had a whole life since then yeah and so have everybody that i went to school with and you're you're probably a different person than you were back then so i mean it seems so important at the time but it's just a blip and then you're on to the rest of your life so yeah it's true and if you yeah have a stressful situation or something in high school remember it's not a big thing it's not like, forever those, it's not forever. Yeah, those people that seem like they're at the center of the universe in high school. Well, they'll move on and the they'll have, reality comes to them You're too. Right. So not forever for them too. So yeah. and sometimes it, it doesn't end up well for them or you know it ends up going well for you, but Totally. Yeah, just like keep it kind of try to keep it in perspective. Mm-hmm. And I mean when you're when you're 15, it's a good chunk of your life at that point, right? So it, it does is. seem very important, but it's not forever. And have some fun with it. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah, make the most of it. And if it sucks, well, yeah, it's not forever. Move on. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I saw a video the other day of a dude ranking the months of the year. Oh. And I stopped before he got into it because I thought I would rather discuss it with you. The goat of months. Okay. There's a lot of months to get through here. There are. There's only 12. It's funny that you mentioned this because I was actually thinking about seasons and I wanted to know your goat of seasons. There's only four of them, so very, very minimal, but... It's yeah. got to be summer, right? Yeah. Is it even, I mean, it's, just it's, think about not being at school. That's got to tip the scales. It's funny because I have a friend who's, fa- and actually a few friends who said their favorite season is fall. And that's what got oh. me thinking about it. I was like, interesting. But everybody's like, oh, I love fall because, you know, you bust out your fall wear and people like fall. And I'm like, mm, I would not. Yeah. Summer would be my pick for sure. Not fall. Fall is nice though. I like fall as I get older. I like fall more and more the older I get. And then like. 
winter, the thing that people love is, of course, Christmas. But uh, again, that doesn't beat out no cold for the rest of <laughs> for the, the time. rest of it. You know, there are places that probably wouldn't say summer. It's places true. where it's, it's unbearably hot, hot. Yep. like I'm sure people in like Arizona and Texas probably wouldn't pick summer. Yeah, like they wait for days when it's a little cooler because it's just it's it's our winter to them, right? It's, yeah. So yeah, I would okay. have to I'd have to say summer here. It's got to be summer. All right, all right. It's so easy answer, but as for the months, like, are we going to get through this year? <laughs> well, what's your favorite goat, month? How the, about just month? The goat of months. The goat of months. What would you say? I mean, December is, again, Christmas. I know lots of people love December for yeah, that. Yeah, but it is dark, mm-hmm. and the weather often sucks. Like, I would say July. Yeah, it's. If, I mean, if, if summer is the goat of seasons, then it's going to be June, July, or August, mm-hmm. right? And you gotta just, you got to explain why you think July. So July is just the hottest, nicest, generally. Yeah. June, it's still a little bit nippy. It can get some pretty cold days. August is always kind of heading into fall, so the nights cool down a little sometimes. You can get some pretty cold nights at the end of August as well. So July, I think, in terms of weather, mm-hmm. here at least, this part of the world, July would be yeah, for the most sure. consistently warm, nice month. And like most of June, you're still in school when you're young. Yep. So probably wouldn't be June. Although June's fun because you're kind of oh, no, not when you have when you have exams and stuff in high school. So that's why I prefer June over August because August is the wind down, whereas June is the ramp up, which is right. more exciting. But I think July's got to be it. The end of June is just prime yeah. because the days are so long. Mm-hmm. The weather's usually nice. Summer's just starting. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. It's got to be July has to be the goat of the months. goat. July right? is the goat. The goat of months. Mm-hmm. Worst month. February. February worse than January. Oh, no, I think Jan- you're right. January, by far. There's just nothing in January. No, it's and it's long. The, it's dark. Right after Christmas, cold. so you have that come down to, yeah, no. Yeah, bills are all due. Yeah. You're bummed out. You're chronically hungover from just, the festivities of December, so. Yeah. Yeah. The worst month like a life sure January. Yeah. Goat is July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B and S in 20 minutes or less. So there are signs popping up downtown right now talking about rent control, Beckler. Oh, yeah. They're just yeah. huge signs that just say rent control now. And uh, I... Like places that are advertising that they have rent control or people that are asking for rent control? People are asking for rent control. Like signs where people are just posting them up and saying like... And I, this one sign, I didn't read into it, but I'm sure there was probably like a website or a forum to go to to oh, okay. express your yeah. concern over this. And I have to be honest, I I kind of agree with them. Like the fact that we have no rent control here is a bit scary. Like Ontario, for example, they have rent control, right? So you mm-hmm. you can only up your rent by a certain percentage each year. I know during the pandemic, it was crazy. They they actually locked rent in for a year to try and help people or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, having you know no control at all, meaning that you could just as a landlord be like, you know what, I'm going to charge three times as much for you starting next year. So well, there have been some wild stories about rent increases in the city. Um, I saw someone online saying that their landlord was trying to raise their rent $700 a month. Holy. That's that, a lot. That's, now, don't get me wrong. If you own a house, okay, and you're renting it out to tenants and your housing costs go up, I think it's fair that that is passed along to the people who are renting there. Like, I don't, I disagree with that necessarily. I understand that if it's costing you more to run the house and you're actually taking a loss, then maybe you should pass it on to the, to the renters that way. And that's probably exactly what's happening with the... The but interest hikes, right? $700 extra? Yeah, no. 
Like that's where it that's gets capitalizing insane. on a that's capitalizing. On a hot rental market, isn't it? Yeah, which I don't think should be possible. I I truly don't. That's not fair. I don't think so. It's it's shocking to me. We don't have some sort of rent control. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, it, like you want to walk the line between like a, a free market and real estate, right? But it's also protection for renters, right? Yeah. What do you? I mean, if where do you go? And I mean, we don't want to see our city become like, you know, like Toronto and Vancouver, where people simply can't afford to live anywhere. No. And you hear the stories of, you know, Fort McMurray during the boom, for example, and rent costs being absolutely insane. Yeah. And people are camping out and stuff. 2000 like, bucks for a tent in someone's driveway. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> that's crazy yeah. to me. We'd so, like to avoid that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I feel like there should be something involved. I wonder if we'll ever get rent control or not. I haven't even looked into what yeah. the politics behind that are but I haven't thought enough about it you know we uh, we own a property that we rent out up in Edmonton but we just break even on it right yes. like we don't I don't think we make even a dollar on it in fact we were losing for a little while mm-hmm. when the rental market cooled off there and it's since come back but yep. I mean that is kind of the risk of of owning a rental property isn't it it, is. it yeah. comes with costs it does so, yeah but you know you saying oh I can capitalize off this and charge three times as much for rent I just $700 more a month. Something's yeah, that's greasy. more than just the interest rate hike, isn't it? It is, That's yeah. some graciness. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, your platform for outlandish conspiracy theories. Beckler along with Shauna. Hello. There are some decent conspiracy theories surrounding the Rings of Power on Amazon Prime, oh. the Lord of the Rings series. Sure there is. Uh, apparently negative reviews are getting deleted from IMDb. Interesting. So the show was... You can't do that. You can't. Also, isn't it super obvious because like nothing gets 100% good reviews, so if it's all of a sudden like all positive, isn't that just... Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, the show was review bombed right off the bat. Like before it even had been released and anybody had seen it, it got review bombed Mm -hmm. as we've seen play out before, right? We've seen this with different franchises. Um, You know, there were some people that were mad at the departures from Tolkien's writing, um, including the fact that so many actors of color were cast in roles. Um, and uh-huh. then, you know the same thing happened with like Star Wars and that. But right. guess who uh, who owns IMDb? Who Amazon? Interesting. So they own both IMDb and Amazon Prime. Yeah. and the show itself, huh. which is interesting. That said, I mean the show does have it's got a six point eight out of ten rating, so they can't be they can't be doing yeah. that many negative reviews. Right? No. Because it's not, like you said, nothing, not a gets a, re- <laughs> nothing gets a perfect review. No. But 6.5 or 6.8 or whatever it is isn't isn't perfect. It's quite a bit higher on IMDb, though, than it is on like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. Oh, interesting. So that's where the discrepancy comes. Mm, okay. Uh, also of interest, on the weekend, Elon Musk tweeted, some, I forget his exact words, but basically that Tolkien would be rolling in his grave over the show. And they had some criticisms of the characters that I didn't think were fair or accurate on Elon's part. But uh, who is Elon Musk's biggest rival in the billionaire wiener measuring contest? Well, that would be Jeff Bezos. Right. So it's almost like Elon has a bit of a vested interest in crapping on this show, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And of course, like we're talking about Elon Musk, so he might just be saying whatever he thinks is going to get him attention online because the man loves attention. But those are the two that I've come across so far. Okay. Some of the the shenanigans around the ratings Hmm. and the reviews 
Yeah, you're digging deep into the show already, looking into the reviews and yes. the ratings and oh, the yeah. conspiracies and the you show a, itself and the You got a week in between episodes, so you got a lot got of a time lot. to sit and think about this. <laughs> sit and meddle in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the plausibility scale, Shauna, how many of the interviews with Seth Rogen and James Franco out of 10 does this get? I'm going to give this one... Oh, it's uh, 13 and a half, 14 interviews. With Seth Rogen and James Franco? Seth, Seth Rogen uh, and James Franco out of 10. Pretty, pretty fair rating, yeah. Yeah, okay. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but... I smell it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. V and S in 20 minutes or less. So yesterday on the show, uh, we talked quite a bit about dead horses and then more on the podcast. Um, it's big dead horse day on the show. And I was asking for the etymology of beating a dead horse, but you say we've already done this one. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as it sounds. Yeah. It's just that uh, this was back when you used to beat a horse to make it go faster. So if you're beating a dead horse, then it's, it's not, not go, It's not going anywhere. going to go faster. Okay. So. Really quite not, vulgar. Not much of an etymology. No. Um, uh, I've, I did find, an, I have another etymology, though, uh, that I'd like to do if please, I could. Please do. Etymology yeah. with Shauna. This one's kind of actually a reverse etymology, as it's about something that a word used to be called. Okay. So eggs used to be called cackle farts. Did you know this? You're, 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 you're dinking uh, uh, nope. us here. So, so hens <laughs> used to be referred to as cacklers, okay? And it was imitative because a hen sounds, it was an onomatopoeia for what a hen sounds like, a cackler. So this is where we also get the term cackle from because a cackling laugh was just something that sounds like a hen. That's what people kind of said when they were talking about cackles. And then because and the then egg comes out of it. You poop it out, so it's a cackle fart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So then I got thinking where the term cock-a-doodle-doo comes from. And I was like, why do we say that? And it was in a, in a nursery rhyme, right? At some point, way back when. Uh, but cock-a-doodle-doo, again, imitative. It was supposed to imitate the sound that a, a crowing rooster sounds like or okay. a cock, right? Yeah. So cock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, in French, they say cocorico, though. In German, it's kikariki. Russian, it's kikareku. Vietnamese, it's cuckoo. So every every different place actually they hear says it, differently. it differently, and they you know that kind of became the common term for what a rooster sounds like. Cockadoodle do. And I guess they're all as right as the last one, right? They totally it's, are. It's so. just whatever you feel. Yeah. But if you were to say cockadoodle do to somebody who's from somewhere else, they'd probably be like, "What in the hell was that?" And they'd say kikariki. Yeah. Like, huh? But cackle farts. Yeah, I'm glad we're not calling them that anymore. Eggs. I don't think they'd be as popular. I think we should move back to that, you actually. So? Cackle farts. Also, I learned that... <laughs> Give me a half dozen cackle farts. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of cackle farts. Like the visual of... Yeah, you're right. Like I, Every time... Now cackle farts, I'm just envisioning an egg being pooped out. Like it's just... Yeah, it's not I think... an overly positive visual. Wouldn't help the marketing of eggs, would it? No. Uh, also, this is a side note as well. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but uh, a male lobster used to be called a cock lobster. So the B-52s had it wrong, okay? It's not raw lobster, cock lobster. Maybe that's maybe that was a play on that. Maybe it was. Maybe they knew this. Do they, do they have a song called Rackle Farts or something just to play on that? Cackle Fart as well? A cock lobster. Cock lobster, cackle farts. What we Why? Just, Why? What is it called a... A cock lobster? cock lobster. Well, I don't know. It's supposed to look like a rooster, or I don't like. Why is it? Co- I don't it, like. Maybe we'll have to look into that for a future etymology. I, just like the male lobster is. I was. Just, this is. Hmm. Okay. Okay. We went, <laughs> thanks for that. Shauna. We went on a journey today. Etymology with Shauna. VNS in twenty minutes or less. A Calgary Heritage moment. 
one of Calgary's biggest supporters of the arts was a man named Richard Johnston. Richard was born in Chicago into a family that wasn't particularly musical, but he took an interest in music in junior high when his teacher introduced him to members of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. This inspired him to become a composer. He studied composition and eventually landed a teaching job in Wahoo, Nebraska, a place he would often pronounce Wahoo as if attending the Calgary Stampede. From there, he moved to Canada to work as a professor of music at the University of Toronto before arriving in Calgary in 1968 to become the Dean of Fine Arts at the University of Calgary. Johnson was a particularly opinionated man, and his thoughts of Calgary initially weren't overly positive. He publicly stated in the Calgary Herald that most of the buildings in the city, both commercial and public, were, quote, ugly insults to the eye and imagination. He said... Quote, call them warehouses or efficient parking places for typewriters and filing cabinets, but don't call them examples of good architectural thinking. I find almost nothing here is worthy of the name architecture. Quote. Despite his opinionated nature, he was very passionate about teaching music to children, saying that it was vital to their cognitive development. He taught music at the University of Calgary for 10 years after his five-year term as Dean of Arts, although his method was not exactly subtle. He was a fan of the word stupid and wasn't afraid to use it. He thought schools were stupid for not realizing that music literacy was important to the development of a child's mind. Concert organizers were stupid for never featuring modern music. And musicians were stupid for not wanting to play it. Johnson did create the Alberta Composers Association to advocate for his cause, however, the first of its kind in Canada, and he set up a western branch of the Canadian Music Centre at the U of C, which he often bragged about to his counterparts in Toronto. Feeling as though the music scene in Calgary was flourishing, he hoped to organize a province-wide song contest in 1980 for Alberta's 75th anniversary. Johnson may have been the catalyst for the amazing National Music Centre that now resides in this city. In fact, he received the Order of Canada in 1997 for making music a part of the experience of Canadian children. And although he referred to Calgary as, quote, boonies in the shadow of the Canadian Rockies, he lived out most of his life here, and despite his harsh criticism, he did in fact love it here. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.